0: Okay, I want you guys to pay close attention in this throwback snack. Listen closely to this open. I want the word. This ain't no regular Taz show. It's the Friday Throwback Snack. <laughs> Friday Throwback Snacks? Mm. Every Friday, Taz takes an inside look at a classic match. <laughs> this is how you kick off a weekend. Oh, yes. That open is badass. Seth and his crew, Andy, my man Doug, uh. Oh. Kick-ass. Love that open. Scooby Jones. Yes. Love it, love it, love it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this edition of the Taz Show. A throwback snack, which uh, we put out here for you. Put out here for you every Friday. This one's going to be a good one. They're all going to be good. They're all going to be good. This is Bruiser Brody versus Abdullah the Butcher. Okay, That's what this one's going to be. By the way. Thank you very much for downloading right now uh, this episode of The Taz Show on iTunes or Spotify or TuneIn. Maybe it's the radio.com for you. Whatever you're doing, much appreciated. Maybe you're over at tazshow.com downloading it. Whatever you did, I appreciate it. Uh, make sure you give a rating. Go over to iTunes. Put me over. Put me over. And while you put me over on iTunes, go over to iTunes and put over your boy Taz and your other boy Moose, Taz and the Moose, for CBS Sports Radio, because we drop a podcast every day for our three-hour show, our sports show. So, um, you know, give it some love. It's a new show, so we're trying to up the downloads and the iTunes rating on that too. So, but I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about Bruiser Brody uh, versus Abdul Butcher. So, when you go on the um, when you go on the uh, the, the YouTube's, um, basically just just search Bruiser Brody versus Abdul Butcher. Real simple. This particular match that I'm going to do a throwback snack on is from Japan. 1981, I believe it's uh, March... No, April 10th, 1981 from Hiroshima, Japan. So uh, part of the Carnival of Champions, uh, it was like a tournament gimmick they did back then, all the way back in 1981. So you guys will find it. Um, I think the video... uh, of this match from Japan, had about 25,000 views on it. So I don't have um, any much more detail. You guys are sharp. You'll find it. You're very sophisticated. You're very smooth and intelligent. So I'm not worried about you guys. But, um, yeah, you know, I remember, uh, and I'm and, and not going to get into putting the match on yet and talking about it as I'm watching it. Uh, that I'll let you know on the other side of break we'll do that. First, I want to talk to you a little bit. Um, you know, I remember coming up, man, and I remember how, how popular, you know, some of you younger cats might not have even heard of Abdullah Butcher or maybe Bruiser Brody or maybe just on Google maybe you've heard of it. But I'm letting you know, like, these are two dudes that, you know, they did not need that WWF or, you know, NWA machine back then um, to really get over. I mean, they, they got over <laughs> – all over the world, Puerto Rico, heavy duty in Puerto Rico, in Japan, all over the world. I mean, these two guys were just um, road warriors. And I'm, I'm not talking about Adam and Hawk, the legendary awesome Road Warriors. I'm just using the word ro- road warriors. These guys were all over the place individually, but they had an amazing rivalry. So uh, amazing rivalry. So it's, uh, it's you know, um, it's just polarizing figures, you know. It's like I, I, we don't have this in the business anymore, you know. And, and uh, it's and I don't want to come off like that guy, that old guy. Ah, yeah, this this stuff today really sucks. These kids today don't know what they're doing. I will tell you, back in my day, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not. That's not. That's not what I'm doing. I don't. I don't feel like that. I feel like the cats today are awesomely talented, and um. A lot of them have, these men and women have great looks today. Because that was the thing about Bruiser Brody and Abdullah Butcher. I mean, individually, they look like two completely different (laughs) specimens. And, you know, if you saw either of them walking in the street, you're like, "I I don't, and you weren't a wrestling fan back in the 80s, and you saw one of these guys, you'd be like, I don't know who that guy is, but he does something that is not maybe involved with working in an office and he's probably not a fireman or a police officer. Like, you know, just, hey, <laughs> they don't look like what a regular person would look like, a normal human being that maybe works out. Like, you know, they both are very unique-looking people. Um, there were so many guys from back then that were like that. But you could say, tell you about a guy like Braun Strowman. You know, if you saw Braun Strowman uh, walking around, you'd be like, okay, I don't know who he is. Or Roman Reigns, even, you know, a big guy. Like, Whoa. I, I think part of that... That thing back in the day was that just uh, you'll probably hear me use this word on the other side of the break when I go over the match while I watch the match. Um, that that mystique feel that just that unique that just mystique I, it's the best word. I mean I, it's, it's it's deep creative man. It's like it's like you don't have that anymore today, you know like it's just not I don't you know even a Braun strowman it's just they, they make them human. You know, they make them human, you know. And it's not just WWE's fault. It's like social media makes wrestlers human. Um, obviously, much more sophisticated fan base today than 1981. Uh, people are a lot smarter to the business, as we know, and smarter in general uh, to the power of the Internet and obviously all the evolution from 1981. Yeah, it's obviously a humongously different time everywhere in the world. It's not just wrestling. But it's it's... Social media that that makes um, wrestlers human again. You know, it's it's too much mic time or mic time done wrong making wrestlers human again. And not all wrestlers back then were not human kind of dudes. But these two guys were like freaks. And they were scary. and And it was like, I don't care if you thought it was a work or not back in the 80s. You saw Abby or you saw Brody, you're like, okay, Those are some bad mf's right there. Okay, so it just—it's just just society things. I don't want to get too like deep here, but it's just like things, just evolution, time, high def TV, stuff like that. Too much TV, video packaging, all that stuff. Like, it's great for the business, and we've evolved as wrestlers, as a wrestling company, as a wrestling audience. Obviously, we've all you know, matured and evolved and got smarter. But damn it, I missed those times back then, man. And and just not just as a wrestler, but this was a little bit before my time. I broke in uh, you know, in the late eighties and 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 Abby and, and Bruiser, they were still doing their thing. You know, I'd never been on a car with Bruiser, but Abby I've been. So um thing is, man, I, I missed those times. I missed that feel of the way it was and and that mystique and that 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 just would freak you out like you know like just watching guys like that work or watching Stan Hansen get in the ring and just you know no one knew what Hansen was gonna do because Hansen didn't know what Hansen was gonna do and there wasn't no friggin booker or you know or no writer or or no production guy telling him what to do he did what the hell he wanted to do when he wanted to do it as a performer and it was riveting. And and and, and Hanson, Stan Hanson, is just one guy I'm naming. You know, like back then, I mean, it's like there was just a lot of, I mean, everything was creative liberties. It just because they won it. Call it a ring, man. Let's just do it. Frig it. You know, like everything now is just, it's very, uh, hmm, departmentalized. It's very uh, sanitary. It's very, um, you know, uh, sleek. It's very clean. It's it, these these type of adjectives, you know. Back then it was grimy, it was gritty, it was real. It was I think you could tell by just hearing me here. I just I'm I'm very like I can go on and on <laughs> like about this because it was a great time it, as a wrestler, wrestling fan um and for me as a young wrestler coming up in the business a little bit after 1981, like I said, but in that, in that era, you know, like, I, I remember these, these, I'm like, man, how can I hang with these guys? What am I going to do to make myself be in this realm? These guys are older than me, I know that, but my generation, well, you know, like, it just, you know, it's it just, it's hard to put into words, I guess. And I guess that's difficult to say when you're doing a podcast, right? But it, it just was a great time when you watch this this match and, and listen to my thoughts on it while you watch it, And you know, after we come back from breaking a little bit here. Like um, you know, just if you're a newer fan, just look at everything. Just look at the arena once once you watch it and the ring and the guys and just it just I mean the wrestlers, you know, just the whole thing is just so real. It felt real. It felt it just felt unscripted. It felt raw. No pun intended. And I'm not talking about WWE Raw. It felt raw. You know. Um, I think during ECW, I think as a, as a company, the company ECW, you know, we captured a lot of that feel. I think we did. Um, some might argue that we were the last ones as far as a brand in ECW to have that feel. Um, I think Smoky Mountain had it too and with, with their Southern flavor. They had that feel. You know, Memphis definitely had that feel, but Memphis was around a lot longer and more successful in ECW. Um, you know, a lot of territories, uh, but I think E C W is more of the going into that modern day. We're a little bit younger than those other territories. I mean Smokey was in that, you know, with Cornette Smokey was a little bit before E C W, but you, you would say they were in they were in that same world, you know. I think Smokey I don't know the years. They, they I'm sure they lasted I don't know if they lasted long than us. I I don't know. I don't I don't remember tell you the truth, I don't know. I'm usually a pretty good with I'm not a historian, but I'm usually pretty decent with history in the business. But, you know, stuff um stuff like that I I don't I don't have the answer but I know that um I know that w- several back then was saying like ECW Smoky Mountain it, it had that feel of that realism it had that feel of you know it was it was blue collar it had no matter if it was northeast blue collar or southern blue collar it was blue collar you know um and if you could look like <laughs> Bruiser Brody wrestler Abdul Butcher or Bruiser Brody wrestling anybody or or, you know, uh, Abdullah wrestling anybody, you know, it it had that feel back then of blue collar. It felt gritty, it felt grimy, it felt real, you know? So uh, uh, we're gonna get to it in a second here. I'll take care of some business because, you know, I gotta talk about uh, my friends over at Well, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, see, the support for the Tad Show comes directly from our friends over at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that the home plays a a very big role in your life and your family, and when it comes to buying a home and refinancing your existing home loan, how important that is for you. And the best thing about Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans is it is simple. It's simple. They make it easy. They make it convenient. You know, you can trust the process. You know, in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you and your family. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. To get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. That's rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. Equal housing lended. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. So, like I said, we're going to go to Bruce Brody versus Abdullah Butcher 1981 Hiroshima, Japan Carnival of Champions, I believe that's what it was called We'll be right back You're going to enjoy it, it's going to be fun Enjoy the snack coming at you All right, so we're back here and uh, checking out um, legendary, legendary dudes right here. Two legendary figures for sure. Bruiser Brody, the great, late great Bruiser Brody, Abdullah the Butcher, just legendary contest um, all over the world. This particular one I'm going to check out is in, uh, in Japan, Hiroshima, I believe, in 1981. And whenever these two men... Have faced each other. It's just you never knew what you were gonna get. Uh, there's something about these two guys that just is not around anymore in wrestling, and I'll get into talking about that in a second. But watching Brody just get in the ring and watching, I'm just I'm checking this out. Like he's got a steel chain swinging. There's all the girls in the ring, the Japanese girls with the flowers, the bouquets of flowers. And the fear on the face of these girls that these women in the ring that are just there for the pageantry, I mean, it, it it's things that are just missing from today in wrestling. It's just the, the organic fear. Now, the, the females are gone. The women left the ring. They <laughs> were just scared. <clears throat> and um, it, it's amazing. Like, you know... How uh, how it's changed, and what I mean when I'm what I'm talking about is like a guy like Brody comes to the ring, and many during that generation, um, uh, and even Abdullah the Butcher, it was unpredictable. They come walking out, most of the times no music. Right now Abdullah's walking out with no music, and most of these guys matches has a jump start. What's a jump start? Well, jump start means. Before there's like a ding, 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 before, you know, before they even, you know, there's no lockup. It's just, they just get right into it. And that's what you would expect from Abdullah the Butcher and Bruiser Brody. And again, as as I said earlier, these two men have battled worldwide, all over, legendary matches everywhere, Japan for sure. The referees trying to clear away all the streamers. It looks like toilet paper, but they stream streamers for celebration before the match of these two legends. Um, it's complete just mayhem. Brody just brings that, that, that fear. Abdullah brings that fear, that, that just that whole sense of urgency, that, that terrifying aura. And uh, steel chain, chain in hand by Brody, he's just drilled Abdullah a couple of times. I'm sure Abdullah's bleeding by now. I can't tell yet because his back was to the camera. The this These type of performers, these type of athletes, these type of wrestlers, this type of aura is gone. And I don't know if it's ever going to come back in wrestling. I haven't paid attention too much to wrestling in Japan, but it's not just Japan where you get this. You had this feel back in the day. Yeah, Abdul is bleeding. Shocking. I mean, these guys were big, big uh, Juice Jones. Both these guys bled, bled a lot during their careers. Um, what I was talking about the the whole feel of what I'm feel of what I'm saying to you is that ambiance, that aura that guys like Brody and Abdullah bring, and it's not just in Japan. I mean, it's everywhere. That fear, and it's gone. I don't think it's ever going to come back in wrestling. That doesn't mean wrestling's bad now. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not even implying it's bad. I'm saying that realism is gone. Now, some of you might argue as fans and say, well, the fans are more educated, and I know, and I agree, the fans are more sophisticated and more educated. You're going to have no argument for me on that, but there's still a way, there is still a way to bring that fear out in people. Like for example, I I know speaking selfishly for me, now Brody's just biting the big open gash in the head of, uh, of Abdullah, oh God, um, and blood all over Brody's face, just looks so intense, so wild. People are popping now. Cause here comes Abdullah with a nice aggressive comeback with those patented undercuts and a headbutt, and now he's going into into his tights for the gimmick fork. Abdullah, (laughs) this shit is awesome. (laughs) Love it. This is sick. Oh man, I've seen these guys just do battle. It's crazy. Juice Jones, blade right out. Jim Hound, The whole deal. He don't even care, bro. He's just, bro, he's just gigging straight up. He's just like, hey, you go. I'm gigging. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh, Lord. This is great. I'm getting off of my topic, but um. Oh man, I can watch this stuff forever. I haven't watched this type of this, these type of matches in years. Anyway, um, I know. Speaking selfishly, when I was in ECW during the push of the Human Suplex Machine, I, at five foot eight, you know, two hundred and forty pounds. <coughs> excuse me, I would walk through the audience at times like in Falls Count Anywhere matches. Me and Bigelow had uh, people were terrified of me, man, because I, I, you know, some people say, well, Taz lived the gimmick. Yes, Taz lived the gimmick, and Taz is proud of that he lived the gimmick. (laughs) That's how Taz made money and got over. Um, you gotta live the gimmick, dummies. It's important. Um, but anyway, yeah, you you know, and I had people running for me, and it wasn't just me. There were a few of us during that time. Sabu was the same way. People were terrified, because sabu i think you know i'm not just thinking of sabu as i watch abdullah sabu might be one of the the last of the dying breeds of guys that had that feel his uncle definitely did the original Sheik had that fear of you didn't know what was going to happen and sabu had that aura and he he wanted that aura and he earned that aura aura um But watching this now and and thinking about Restless today, it's just gone. Uh, and it's not the it's not about the blood. That's not it. It's not about the blood. You know, it's about about the way they work, the facial expressions, the actions of their bodies, the unpredictability. Nothing scripted. Nothing written. Nobody's telling them what to do. They just they're struggling over a chair right now. Who's gonna hit hit who with the chair? I've done this in Japan <laughs> with Gypsy Joe. We're fighting over a chair. I mean, it's just and we didn't know we we're gonna do that. It's all ad lib, man. And the ad lib is gone. And then when you people. Newer fans see somebody ad-lib on WWE, you pop, you mock out because it's cool. And you're right, it is cool. Like Paul Heyman, when he goes and cuts a promo and he ad-libs, people pop. Man, everybody used to ad-lib back in the day. We were allowed to exempl- exemplify our talents. Now it's 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 not like that. Um, everything's got to be, I understand TV business, I understand money. Trust me, I get it, it's a different time, I know, but... I'm enjoying this. These two guys are locked up in a lockup, laying on the floor outside the arena in Hiroshima in 1981, Champions Carnivals Tournament, Abdullah and uh, Bruiser Brody. Bells ringing, don't matter. They don't care who wins, who loses, finish, DQ, it don't matter. Complete insanity. The camera don't know where to go. The spotlight's on them and it's not on them. Because nobody knows. The director doesn't know. The producer doesn't know. Nobody knows anything. So the camera is the voyeur. The camera is our eyes as the viewer. And we don't know because the camera don't know. And that's what makes it exciting and and crazy. And you don't know what's going to happen. And it makes it riveting. Today's stuff's not riveting, unfortunately. This stuff was riveting. It was real, it was orca- organic, it was passion, it was physical, it was nasty, it was, it was organic. Any adjective you want to think of that, that fits in that realm, it's there. The young boys, the guys from the dojo, they're trying to separate them. They don't know what's going to happen. Everybody's kayfabe, trust me. I know, I came up and learned from guys from this era. I know the deal. Nobody knows nothing because they don't know. They just feel it. They ad lib it. I remember years ago when I first broke in. I um, I saw um, uh, what the heck was it? I was I went to my girlfriend's house, who's now my wife, and she had um, she had uh, what do you call it? Uh, she had like cable TV, but I was flicking through the channel. I didn't have cable TV. She had it at her house, and I was flipping through the channels. She was rich. No, I'm joking. She wasn't rich. That's being sarcastic. And I'm flipping through and I see this snowy thing and it's like wrestling from Puerto Rico. It was on a cable TV, but it wasn't clear. It was all snowy. And I saw Abdullah Butcher and Bruiser Brody. I wasn't too familiar at that time who they were because I wasn't a diehard wrestling fan as a young kid. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And it's going to sound weird what I'm about to say, but... It was partially scary watching Abdullah with a fork sticking in Brody's head in Puerto Rico. Now, this match is from Japan. They got chains wrapped each other. The bell's ringing. Play-by-play guys cutting promos. People are flying, running out of the way. This is frigging phenomenal. Anyway, I'm watching this thing back in the day, and I see at my girlfriend's house, and I see, at my wife now, and I see the... um. The the Abdullah butcher and Bruce Brody. I'm like this is this is, it's damn near scary. That that feel of these guys. It was sc- they were scary looking, and I uh, I think I either just started learning, like going to Johnny Rogers school, or I was just contemplating and trying to save the money and borrow money to go get trained. It was like that early, like I didn't even have my first match yet. <clears throat> so. you know what man it was probably i don't know maybe 1984 1985 that i that this is what i'm talking about watching this thing on tv i couldn't even tell you who won the match when i watched the one from puerto rico with brody and abdullah but i can tell you it sparked my interest like i i want to be able to do what these guys do entertain like that and spark emotion they sparked an emotion in me. I was a college football player at the time, with a martial arts background, a, a tough street kid that watched TV on a snowy channel at my girlfriend's house, some uh, like a, from Puerto Rico, and was partially nervous. Didn't know what was going to happen because I looked like a shoot. What I was watching, some big, giant, heavy guy with a bald head, with a fork, with his pants up to his nipples. Stabbing a guy in the head that just looks like a crazy wild barbarian. And, you know, it was amazing. And I and I would never forget watching that, having that little teeny bit of fear watching that match on TV. And that's the truth. I never had that fear again because I understood the business. I understood, I understood then how things work. It's not that I was some, like, scared little kid. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like, an emotion sparked in me. Like, whoa, what the oh boy, this is not, this is, this oh wow, wow. you know, like, it's like when you see a car wreck, you don't want to see what happened after the car wreck near the cars, you know, you get what I'm saying, I don't want to get too much detail, it's kind of, you know, a little graphic and rough there, but I think you get me. These two men uh, were so unique, so different, and, uh, and you guys understand, most of you know that Bruiser Brody was, Lost his life uh, in, in a locker room in Puerto Rico and, and was stabbed in, in, in a locker room situation and is no longer with us. And, and from, from so many years, just, just imagine if Brody would have, that would not have happened to Brody, his career. And he, he changed the face of the business and so many tried to uh, copy his style, change his look, uh, I'm sorry, change their look to look like him it's um he was a trendsetter and i remember during that time when i was coming up uh he was so respected and over dude like straight over like big time um it was uh he was something else uh i i never met him i never met um Bruce Brody, Abdullah, I was on uh, Cards card several times um, years ago. Uh, always was cool to me. I mean, uh, he if he bump into you know he he probably doesn't know me, but look, I was a young young wrestler coming up, and we were on a card together in Bahamas. Believe it or not, um, I don't remember who he wrestled. But I think it was in the Bahamas. Yeah, and then I wrestled on another card somewhere in the Northeast with him. Um, Man, it was uh, it was a crazy time. But 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 anyway, back to my point um, about Bruiser Brody. So many guys like look look like Luke Harper, like in today's world for you younger wrestlers. I mean, you don't you're telling me Luke Harper wasn't inspired by Bruce Brody? I mean, that's just one guy. There were so many Nord the Barbarian, there was I mean there was a plethora of guys, uh, the Harris brothers, I mean there was so many guys. they the style, the look, Brian Lee to a degree. I run, didn't even mean to rhyme. But anyway, um, this is great stuff. If you would never watched this, Bruiser Brody, Abdullah Butcher, any of their matches was insane. This one was 1981 Champions Carnival Tournament from uh, Japan. Hope you guys enjoyed this. And uh, it was a lot of fun talking about it. It was a crazy time in wrestling. And it was a lot of fun checking this out and going over it What you. Uh, missed those times. So uh, that's the deal, guys. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I'm Taz. Not. Talk to you soon. Adios. I hold you alright, 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 alright. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Said I was raised in the days of my space and screen names back then when I was only worried about my top friends. Now my circle is getting smaller, all these people acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even have a top 10. Me against the